Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, how many of you enjoyed Shekinah on Sunday? Wasn't that awesome? I tell you what, they're... They're because they've been here so many times, they, they feel so at home. But I just want to commend you on the fact that those services were as good as they were. Because you have a big part to play in that. You know, you came in ready. They didn't have to do much to prime the pump. And y'all were ready to go. And uh, it's, it's noticeable. It really is. And then again, you were, you were your usual generous self in the offerings, and they are extremely blessed by your generosity. So uh, I'm, I'm blessed by your generosity. You know, we've, we took a step up a couple of years ago in that area, and I tell you what, y'all are just absolutely amazing, you know, when it comes to just treating our guest speakers well, because God sends us some of the finest, and you respond you know, with your finest. And it's just, it just blesses me as well as it blesses them. So anyway, just, uh, just let you in on that. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like the Holy Ghost is going to let me actually get this message out tonight. <laughs> How about that? You know, uh, something I've been sitting on for a while. So, uh, I just want to, to get into it. And, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about boldness. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, Psalm 28, 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. Got some righteous people in here tonight? It says the righteous are bold as a lion. There's some of the other translations says the righteous are bold as the young lion. You know, the old lion is just kind of, you know, okay, that's kind of doing his thing, getting along. But a young lion is ready to go for it all the time. So you're, you're bold as a young lion. It says the righteous are fearless as a young lion. You know, sometimes the young people don't have enough sense to know they ought to be afraid of something. And that's how we ought to be. Don't have natural sense enough that affects you to make you think that you can't be bold. And another translation says the righteous, like a lion, are confident. So we got some bold people in here tonight, don't we? Because we got some righteous people in here. And you're not righteous because of your own deeds, your own goodness, your own works, whatever you can think of. You're righteous because the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is in you. You're righteous because of his righteousness. What he's done for you, through you, in you. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. So, you know, I was looking at this. And um, go with me to Acts 1. Thank you, Mr. Michael. Hallelujah. Acts 1 verse 8. Now, you know, you can be right here with me tonight, just like you were with Shekinah on Sunday. If you want to get up, shout, dance, run, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm ready. You just go for it. It's all right. It says here in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, So you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to all the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. Listen, boldness puts that power in act, into action. Do you hear me? God's not looking for any wimpy witnesses. He wants somebody who'll go out there and be a witness to the world, 
That's what our vision is around here, isn't it? That you, I'm going uh, to send you out as ministers and witnesses of the things that you've heard, the things that you've seen, and the things I'll yet to reveal to you. He doesn't want you going out there going, well, you know, I think the Bible says, you know, this. well, you know, I, you know, well, actually, if you look at this scripture, it kind of said, no, you need to go up to people when you're quoting that kind of stuff and just say it with a boldness about you because you know it's true. You know, you can, you can come from a place of boldness when you know something is absolutely categorically true. There's no doubt in your mind. You're confident in what you're saying because you're confident in your believing of what you're saying. And so, you know, I looked up the word boldness or just the word bold, and it says not hesitating in the face of actual or possible danger. Another, another um, definition is not hesitating to breach the rules of propriety. Another one says fearless, courageous, brave, valiant, daring. Have you ever dared to believe God for something that somebody said you couldn't have? That somebody said that's not possible? Did you dare believe God? Yeah, that's being bold. Hallelujah. You know, and, and we, we have to be bold. Why? Because we must do the works of Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 5.18 says he's made us ministers of reconciliation. He intends for us to go out and share the good news of the gospel with everybody we come in contact with. You say, well, I, don't, I work with a bunch of believers. Hey, you can still minister to them. You can still be a blessing to them. You can still encourage them in the word. Hallelujah. They're already born again. But you know what? A lot of us don't work in places that are like that. Of course, I do. You know, I do work in a place where everybody's born again. Um, at least I hope so. I should go check with all of them tomorrow, right? <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.20 says, We have been made ambassadors for Christ. You have been assigned to go out as an ambassador to this world. Why? Because we are not of this world. This world is not our home. We have been placed here. We are like strangers in a foreign land to be in this world. But we have been made ambassadors. And what does an ambassador do? He promotes the benefits and the things, the interests of the country he's from. And where are you from? You're from a heavenly place. And we're here to promote the interest of the heavenly place that we come from, that we're a part of, that we, that we reside in the spirit there, and one day we will reside in the flesh there. Hallelujah. We have been made ambassadors. And, of course, you need to go, like I say, you go back to our vision, Acts 26, 16, that we've been made ministers and witnesses to open their eyes. Open their eyes. Well, Pastor Angel, well, tell me about this boldness. Well, I'm going to tell you something about this boldness. Boldness can look different on different people and at different times. You know, when you think about boldness, immediately you come to, come, you know, to the, it kind of comes in your mind like it does mine possibly, that when somebody's bold, they're very just like, like this. But you know what? There's a quiet boldness as well. There, because sometimes just that Quiet boldness to obey God, to step out into something that you, you just have to just do it by faith. Just as a quiet step into something. And there's a lot of examples. If you go through the Bible, you can see a lot of different things in a lot of different places. In the Old Testament, for example, Noah in Genesis chapter 6. 
The man took a hundred years to build the ark. Nobody, he, why, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Why are you building a boat? Well, because it's going to rain. What's rain? In the face of ridicule, can you imagine what people were saying to him? In the face of ridicule for a hundred years, the man boldly kept doing what God told him to do. He didn't struggle. He didn't wait till everybody went to bed to go back to working on the ark. He did it in the daylight hours where everybody could see. And if everybody could see, then everybody's going to make fun of him because they're thinking he's stupid. What are you doing? Can you imagine when they started seeing him load the ark? What is, he, what, what is this man doing? But he, in the face of all that, he stood his ground. He boldly kept doing what God told him to do. This is just a quiet boldness. You're just continuing to live your life doing what God told you to do. Then there was Abraham. Can, can you imagine in Genesis 18, Abraham had the nerve to negotiate with God over Sodom and Gomorrah? Can you imagine? He starts off with one number. He gradually whittles it down to fewer and fewer until he... Now, God, now if I can find this many righteous, will you, will you save the cities? Yes, I'll do that. Okay, okay, Lord, let, let me come back and ask you this. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll, be, if you'll settle for 20, will you, will you still spare the people? For your sake, I'll, I'll do 20. He got down to 10. Lord, let me, let me ask you one more time. That took some boldness, folks, to go to God and say, um, I know you said you're going to destroy this city, but let me, let me just ask you this. He got it down to 10. You know, I wonder how much further he could have gone. Could he have gone lower? But he stopped at 10. But can you imagine the boldness that took to go to God and say, I, we, we need to talk. Can, can, we, can, we have a, can we have a discussion here about this? And, and God negotiated with him. You know, I, I suspect that God instigated that to start with. But Abraham had the boldness to do it. He had the boldness to come before the Lord and, and just... And just get right in there. He didn't want these people. He wanted to spare them if possible. You know, in the, in the hopes, I suspect, of, of turning their hearts to the Lord. But anyway, he was, he was bold in that. David, go with me to 1 Samuel 17. David, he's a young man. Watching sheep. He's the youngest of the whole crew. He's been out there with the sheep all by himself. His father has told him to go take provisions to his brothers who are, who are in, a, in a battlefield area, in a standoff with the, with the Philistines. And he comes in and he hears, he hears a, a guy by the name of Goliath threatening Israel. And what does he do? He's, he starts asking questions. And then his wonderful brothers tell him to shut up, be quiet, go home to your sheep. But he doesn't do that. And, and David takes him on. He wants to know who this, who this person is who's threatening the hosts of Israel. He wants to know, who is this person who thinks he can threaten God's people? I tell you what, you and I need to get to a place where we, we look at the devil when he shows his ugly head and, and ask him who he thinks he is. And if he doesn't know, we need to tell him. You tell him he's the defeated one. He's the one who's been banished from heaven. He's the one whose home is in a fiery lake. 
That's where he's going to wind up. And in the meantime, he's got no more power over you and me anymore because Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and paraded everything around him openly. He took, he stripped him of all his powers, paraded him all over all mankind, all creation to see and said, you're powerless from here on. He's that toothless lion now. So if the devil doesn't understand who he is, we just need to remind him. Maybe he's gotten forgetful. So you need to be bold enough to tell him where he, what he is and where he's going. But David here, he says, uh, uh, when Goliath threatens him, he's in verse 44, the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said, just stood, just stood his ground. He said in the next verse in verse 40, he says, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you. And he didn't mean figuratively either. He meant literally. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And then David ran to meet him. Now that took some boldness. But see, he had tempered his boldness already when he had met the lion and the bear out in the fields watching the sheep. He had already experienced what it was like to become bold. So this giant to him was no more, no more different than the lion and the bear that he had already overcome. But he minced no words. Who is this Philistine? Who does he think he is? Why does he think he can get away with this? Boldness came over him. You know, there are times when you're just kind of walking through life and everything's, and something happens and suddenly the boldness, that the holy boldness will rise up on the inside of you to accomplish something that's in front of you that you've got to deal with. I tell you what, it's a, it's a wonderful thing when you can feel that come up and you, and you begin to say what, what the Holy Ghost wants you to say. Then there was the three Hebrew children in Daniel verse three, in chapter 3. Three Hebrew children who were going to be cast into the fire if they didn't bow to this idol. But they had some standards and were bold enough to keep standing on their standards. Do you know what? We have kids today who are young like these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have children, and I hear it from time to time around here, who have to have some boldness in their school situations. When somebody's bullying them, when somebody is pushing them to accept things that are not right, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody right now who, who was cornered and asked, well, why they didn't believe that this was, was okay, this particular lifestyle was okay, why they, they didn't agree with it, and they were bold enough to declare what the Word of God said, that it's not what God has ordained. This is not how God made you. This is not acceptable. They did that, and, and I love what was, I think it was Andy Davenport who said not long ago, it's okay to not be cool. It's better to be bold than to be cool. But you know, as, as individuals, as believers, we need to have some standards in our life and be bold enough to stand on our standards and not back up. There are people who find themselves in work situations because they work for companies where not everybody is born again. They find themselves in a work situation where everybody's drinking. 
Would it be easier just to have a drink in your hand just so it looks like you're participating with everybody else? No, it's not. It would be to that moment, but I'm telling you what, if you're going to be bold enough to spread the word of God, you're going to have to have some standards. You're going to have to stick to them because nobody's going to, nobody's going to believe you if you cave. You will, you, what you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. Famous phrase. And when you compromise your standards, people will dismiss you later when you try to share something from the word with them. When I was in, we were in Oklahoma going, and pastor was in Bible school. I was working for a, a group of five doctors, five family practice doctors. And we had one doctor, his name was Dr. Art, and we called him a bear because he was very tall, very husky. He looked like a bear. He was redheaded, and, and everybody just kind of like, you know, tiptoed around Dr. Art. He was in a bad mood. You wanted to not be in the same room. And uh, so one day, you know, I was in, I was doing x-ray and lab, and one day this particular lady had come in to get some lab work done, and she was extremely hard to find a vein on. She was one of those people that I had to pray, say, Lord, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. I mean, I do not want to stick this lady more than once. She was familiar with having been stuck multiple times for anybody to get any blood out of her. But I just said, Lord, help me, you know, find this. And so we, we went for a while and, and eventually, you know, I was just, I just, I, I mean, went right to it. There it was. I mean, I searched for several minutes, you know, I'm going to wait until the, I feel more comfortable with this. Anyway, we got it out there. Well, the guy who came in in the afternoons to do some, to help with the lab stuff, Threw the sample away by accident. Dr. Art was not a happy camper at all. And he said, well, somebody's going to have to call her and get her to come back here. Just tell her we didn't have enough. And I looked at him. He knew my husband was a Rama student. He knew, you know, where I, where I stood. I mean, he went to church. He, I, I don't know. I, I went to a Baptist church. I'm assuming he was born again. But his, his philosophy here was, you know, you do what it takes to get the job done. If that means lying, then that's okay. Well, to me, it wasn't okay. And I looked at him and I said, now, Dr. Art, if you want to call this lady up and tell her that we lost or that we, we need more, I'll let you do that. But I'm not going to call her and tell her that. If you want me to call her, I'm going to call her and I'm going to tell her that it got accidentally thrown away. And he looked at me and he, he, he started blustering at me. And, um, and then he stopped and he just went, okay. And I think he's the one who wound up calling her. What he said to her, I don't know. She came back in, we got some more blood and we went our way. When I left there to come back to Florida, that man was so kind to me. He wanted me to stay. He told me to send my husband back to Florida on his own. <laughs> but you see, that passed a test with him. Have you passed any tests on your job? Or have you compromised your integrity? You have to be bold in, these, in the days we live in, not to compromise the integrity that you're supposed to be walking in as a believer. You're going to have to have some standards. You say, well, it's going to cost me. What, the co- what cost is higher? What cost is higher? You need to consider. Consider it before you compromise so that you don't lose out on something much more important and life-altering. Hallelujah. Daniel himself in, in, in chapter 6 refused to heed the threats of the king not to pray. People who were looking to take him down went and told the king that Daniel was praying to his God. 
Daniel got thrown the lion's den. Did Daniel compromise? Nope. He said, King, do what you got to do. Just do what you got to do. There's an element of boldness in that. When you know there's a hungry bunch of lions waiting for you down there. But you know, he trusted God. The lions weren't hungry that day. The lions were ready just to provide a pillow for him. And that's all it took. The king came back. Daniel, did your God protect you? He said, I'm here, O king. I'm fine. I'm just fine. Hallelujah. You know, all the prophets of the Old Testament had lots of times where they had, they had to go to the kings and, and to people higher up with words of warning, with words that came straight from God. Can you imagine Moses going to Pharaoh and telling him, you let my people go? God sent me. The great I am sent me. You know, you let those people go or else. I mean, it took boldness to go in there and declare those things. People like Samuel, Elijah, you know, all the prophets of old, many times had to go to the king, the one who had the authority to have them killed with words from God. When God gives you a word, are you bold enough to deliver it in spite of who it might be to? Are you bold enough? You're going to have to become bolder. The people of this, of this world have become very bold in what they believe. And the people of God better be even bolder to, to spread what we believe. Hallelujah. You know, in the New Testament, you find out just in the, in the Gospels, Joseph of Arimathea went boldly into Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. Now that took some, some doing. He went, the word says it boldly. You look up some words. You've, I mean, I use my, the regular King James a lot. So um, my concordance is I'm going through it. And you'd be shocked at how many places, bold, boldly, boldness, you know, that, that turns up. You know, if you, and back in then, you know, people were, uh, had been screaming for Jesus to be crucified. They would rather have a murderer turned loose than to let Jesus be spared. And yet Joseph of Arimathea goes in and boldly asks, I need that body. Can I have that body? And of course, Pilate relented and said yes to him. In John 7 verse 26, it says, Jesus spoke boldly to the Jews in the temple. Jesus is our example of speaking boldly. He was as a man walking this earth. And as a man, he spoke boldly to the Jews. In spite of what they might say, in spite of what they might do, in spite of what they thought, he spoke boldly the truth of what God had given him to those Jews. You move on. And in Acts 4, verse 29, and I tell you, this is a verse that we all ought to to have familiar in our Bibles, places where we write it down, and and we just speak this over ourselves all the time. Acts Chapter 4, verse 29. Hallelujah. You know, let's, just, let's, go, let's go back a little bit. Hallelujah. When I see in chapter 3, Peter and John going into the temple at the hour of prayer. They're at the gate called Beautiful. There's a lame man sitting at the gate, asking, begging for alms. When he saw Peter and John, this is what I call quiet boldness. They didn't make a big stir about it. 
when he looked at him asking for alms, Peter said to him, he said, silver and gold have I none. Doesn't mean he was poor, just didn't have any on him. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. And what did he have? That power. He had that power that was in, talked about in Acts 1. Acts, Acts 1 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me. And in Acts 2, you see where they were filled. All those who were in that upper room were filled with the Holy Ghost. Power came on them. Peter got up and preached to a multitude of people. He didn't mince any words with them. He, and 5,000 people got born again that day. And so, you know, the people in the, in the temple, they were upset because, because of all these things that had been happening. But, you know, in, in chapter 4, you know, they had been let go. They went to their own company. They'd been detained. They were let, been let go. They got to their own company, and they, they prayed this. Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Well, what was the result of that prayer? Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. If you're going to pray that kind of a prayer, God grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Expect things to shake up. Expect a shaking to happen. Because when you boldly speak the word, there's going to be some results that come along with it. God always responds to his word. And when you pray in faith, believing this, God's going to show up. Hallelujah. Acts uh, 1346 says, Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. They spoke out boldly, fearlessly, and plainly. And we see that in, in Acts 14, verse 3, that they spoke boldly and it resulted in signs and wonders. In Acts 29, verses 26 through 29, Barnabas found himself defending Paul to people who did not actually believe that he really was truly born again, that he was now a believer. But he used, he used the example of Paul's boldness to speak the word as the very fact, the, the evidence that they could trust him that he really was a believer because nobody would be speaking those words boldly if they weren't a believer. There was too much persecution going on. Uh, and then Acts 19, verse 8, it says that Paul spoke boldly in the synagogue for three months. Woo! Well, that'll gather you a crowd sometimes, won't it? And sometimes it won't. Sometimes, you know, the people who don't need to be there take off. That, that's okay because the people who do need to be there will show up. Hallelujah. Uh, Philippians 2.2. 2. Go with me over there. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I think I wrote down the wrong verse. I did. I don't know where this one is. That's okay. We'll just skip it. We got some other, th- other things. Ephesians 6 verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 19. 
Paul is talking about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit in verse 18. And then in verse 19 he says, And pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. If you and I truly believe that we're ministers of reconciliation, that we're ambassadors for Christ, then we should be asking the Lord to help me so that utterance is given unto me, that when the time is right, when the time is needed, when the time is necessary, when somebody needs to hear it, that I will open my mouth boldly so that I can declare the mysteries of the gospel. I tell you what, it's the only thing that will help people. You can do a lot of things for people, but I'm telling you what, when you give them the good news of the gospel and you tell them what Jesus has done for them and how much he loves them, how much the Father cares about them, how much you share your testimony and you boldly proclaim what God has done in your life, what he's done for you. It's hard to argue with that. It is real hard to argue the fact that, oh, that couldn't have been God. Oh, yeah, it was God. There's no no other way it could have happened. You know, we don't, we don't want to take anything lightly that God ever does for us because I tell you what, it's, it's ammunition to be able to boldly describe to other people what God will do for them because he's, what he's done for me, he'll do for you. The same God that answers prayer in my life will answer your prayers. The same God that meets my needs will answer your needs. He'll provide everything that you need just like he's provided for mine. God will bring me joy and peace and and mercy and forgiveness and love. You know, all those things. Because he did it for me. I mean, this world is awash in depression. They need to know that the God of all peace and all comfort can be theirs. And they need to hear it from somebody who has boldly been there. And can say, I've been there. I've been there. This is the, the word of God. The word of God. And the Spirit of God on the inside of me is what's gotten me through and has brought me to a place of peace in my life. It's provided me with something that no pill, no psychologist can ever bring to me. And it's because it lasts. A pill only lasts for a little while. A psychologist is not there to help you in the middle of the night. But I'm telling you what, the spirit of the living God is always present, always available, always ready. And at the instant that you need him, he is right there. And that people need to know, they need to know from your bold testimony and your bold witness that the same God who did it for you is in the business of wanting to do it for them. Hallelujah. God is such a good, good, good God. Amen. Um, you know, that, that verse in Ephesians 6 here, it says, the New English Bible says, that I may boldly and freely make known his hidden purpose. The 20th century says, that I might fearlessly make known the inmost truth of the good news. And the Weymouth says, outspoken and fearless, I may make known the hidden truths hitherto kept secret of the gospel. I'm telling you what. God wants his children to be bold. He wants us to be bold in every, in every arena that we walk into. You know, in Acts 4, uh, pre- Peter preached a scathing message. Go back over there, Acts 4. Now, you've got people who are on your case who are threatening you. 
and yet he gets up. You know, if, if you go back here, well, I meant to say this a while ago. You know, when the lame man was healed at the gate, you know, like I said, I, I look at that as quiet boldness. Just to reach down and say, get up. Just to get up. They didn't make a big deal about it. The reason it got to be made such a big deal is because the man who got healed went and made a big deal about it. I tell you what, your boldness to do what God tells you to do is going to result in some real joy in somebody else. And that person will share the good news with a whole bunch of people. Because they didn't keep, he didn't keep silent. He went into the temple leaping and praising God because two men boldly said, even in a quiet way, well, what we got, we'll give you. Rise and be healed. Just, just be healed. I'm telling you what, you can cause a real stir just being quietly bold. They did. You know, you, you have no idea the ripple effect that even a quiet, bold act can accomplish, just like it did with them. But it says over here in, in chapter 4, Peter gets up. I don't know. I don't, can't really say he was defending himself. He was just going to let him have it. And in verse 10, it says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it says in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I suspect this was not quiet boldness. The, the guy that you crucified, he's the one who's responsible for this, for this man being healed. It says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I tell you what, don't we want that to be said of us? That our boldness, when people look at us and they see that boldness, they'll know that we've been with Jesus. Been with Jesus. Oh, where else could that kind of boldness come from except time spent with him? Hallelujah. Oh, you know, then there was then there was Paul who wrote in two different places in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and in Romans 15. He was writing to people and he was writing boldly. He wasn't there in person, but I tell you, he took his pen and he did what was necessary. He boldly wrote to them about things that had to be corrected. Acts 18, 26. Here's an example I want you to look at. 18, Acts 18, verse 26. It's talking about Apollos. And in verse 24, it says, Certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Here's a good example of somebody who was bold, but they 
they, they weren't bold about the right thing. He had knowledge of, of the, uh, what did it say, the, the uh, baptism of John. But Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and said, eh, let me tell you, got something better. Got something better here. You know, boldness should only be found where knowledge and wisdom are as well. You have to really have an intimate relationship with the Lord to know when to be bold in some, say, in some circumstances. You know, there's times when, you know, as believers, we just need to stand up for standards. We need to keep our integrity intact. And if that means that we need to be bold in the face of that, we'll be bold. Then there are times when, when you're going to act in such a way that requires boldness, but you better have that boldness firmly established in your knowledge of the word. And know that by the wisdom of God that you're about to do what you're about to do. You know, sometimes people can be what they call bold and I call obnoxious. Some people call it bold. I could call it arrogant. True boldness doesn't bring reproach. True boldness brings freedom and liberty. And, and so, you know, I, I've seen people who were just, I mean, bold in the things of God, and it worked. I've seen other people try to be the same way. It did not work. So you need to temper boldness at times with, is this wisdom right now? Am I confident in what I'm saying and what I'm doing and according to the word of God? Be careful in some, in some places. You have to know in here, be led by the Spirit whether to exercise that boldness. In Acts 27, we know, we know the, the, uh, the story about the account of Paul's shipwreck. You know, did you realize that he went on that ship as a prisoner and yet he dared to go to the captain and the owner of the boat and say, uh, guys, we shouldn't sail. That took some boldness. And later when he came back and things were, things were going badly, he boldly proclaimed what God had told him, that an angel had stood by him that night. And had told him that the ship and all of its ladings would be lost, but there would be not one life lost. Boldness, I tell you, in that kind of a situation, because he knew his God. He's the man who said, I know and am fully persuaded. Hallelujah. Um, Philippians 1.20 talks about the fact, in nothing shall I be ashamed and with all boldness. You might want to go look at that. Uh, Ephesians 3.12 talks about in whom we have boldness and access and confidence by faith in him. Hallelujah. Um, you know, there's, just, there's so much, you know, that you need to just, to just be aware. But, but don't shy away from being bold. You're bold, bold maybe, I mean, just I mean, out there in somebody's face one moment. And some, another situation, find yourself very quiet. Listen. Sometimes it's just boldness just to move when the Spirit of God is moving. Take some boldness. Just get out there and do it. You know, you can say, well, I'm not a runner. Yeah, but if God tells you to run, run. Be bold enough to believe God and run. If you, if you're, if you can trust that inward witness, and you're supposed to be able to, and God says do it, then even though it's out of your comfort zone, do it. I, I just heard somebody say this today, a quote from uh, Sister Godwin, Goodwin, who, who ministered a lot with Dad Hagen. She says, if you move when God's moving, you'll be healed. Listen, if you move when God's moving, you'll be blessed. 
If you're bold when God says be bold because there's a move going on, you, you're going you're to enjoy some blessings out of that. Uh, you know, I, I want to be bold enough to respond to God anytime he asks me to do anything. If that means speaking to a stranger in the store, if that means going up to somebody that I, I don't have a clue who you are, you know, and blessing them with something, whatever it is, you need boldness sometimes to speak to a friend. Too often we're not bold enough when we see somebody struggling and we, we, can, we can recognize why they're struggling, where that struggle comes from. We are too timid because we don't want to offend them. Listen, if you love them, if you care about them, if you care about their spiritual condition, their, their life, you be bold enough to say what needs to be said. You could help keep them from making tragic mistakes. There's many people, out, I call it falling through the cracks over the years because nobody would go to them. Nobody, they're one of their friends. They wanted the pastors to come do the, the dirty work, so to speak. But nobody wanted to go to their friend and say, listen, you're not in the, in the place you need to be. And you need, and you need, you need to change that. You need to do something. You're going down the wrong re- direction. You're, you're hanging out with the wrong people. You're doing the wrong things. Be bold enough to love them and, and go to them and talk to them and tell them. And if they get mad at you, hey, it's okay. At least you put it out there. You did what you were supposed to do. You know, I, I've had, to, I've had to, to rely on something pastors told me all these years. And he says, it's our responsibility to put the word out there, but it's not our responsibility of what they do with it. When God puts something on your heart, you're responsible. You're responsible. Be bold enough to act on what you're responsible for. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we're coming to a, a, a time. Well, let me, let, me just, let me just do this. Hebrews 4, 6 says that we come boldly to the throne of grace. The reason we come boldly to the throne of grace is that we know who we are in Christ. In spite of our mistakes, in spite of our failures, in spite of our shortcomings, we can come boldly when we need grace, when we need mercy. We can come boldly to that throne and find it because of the confidence we have in what he's done for us and in us. You know, and it's the same, the same thing is true anytime where boldness is required. You can do it because of who lives on the inside of you and what he has made you to be, what he's given you, and what he's asked you to share. You can boldly do that. Uh, Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 6, it says that Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we ought to be bold to say that God is my helper. God is my helper. When the enemy is coming at you from all directions, it seems like, you know, he's already said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. If you truly believe that, you can boldly stand in the face of the enemy and say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. He's right here beside me. He's right here in me. He's everything that I need. He's everything that I want. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter. So just you be bold. You know, we have, we have opportunities so many times to be bold. And we don't take those opportunities. Listen, the more you respond, 
to the boldness that comes on you in any situation, the more comfortable you're going to be in that environment. And the more comfortable you are in that environment, the more likely you are to respond to the Spirit when He speaks to you, no matter what the situation, whether it's a quiet boldness, whether it's a yell at the devil boldness, whatever it is. You know, but like I said, it looks different on different people at different times because of different situations. But never, ever, ever let the devil talk you into being timid. I've not given you a spirit of timidity, Timothy said. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. But a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I want you to go out boldly. You know that um, things are about to to switch gears around here. And uh, this church has got to go some places. But you need to go boldly. Pastor Greg made the statement um, several years ago. I forget now what he was teaching on. I think it might have been doing exploits. But uh, he said, where we go, we go together. I want to add, where we go, we go boldly together. Pastor and I are not going anywhere. I mean, we're still going to be a part here. This is our home church. You know, and so we're all going to go boldly together into the future that God has got for us, into the plan that's been laid out for this church. Pastor and I are going to be going boldly into the, the next phase of our ministry as well. You know, and so um, I just want you to know that don't approach it from a place of timidity. Don't approach it from a place of, of uh, reluctance. But boldly, let's step into the future. Let's just step into it and do what God has called us all to do as individual believers and as a body, as a family, as this church family. Let's do it boldly because I'm telling you what, it's going to require boldness. God's got a big assignment for us and he wants us to boldly go into it. Boldly go where no man has gone before. (laughs) Had to get that in there somehow, you know, (laughs) but it's true. Boldly go where no other believer has gone before. We're already, we're already stretching the boundaries of it. In the last few months, in the last year, I tell you what, the, the level of the, of the spirit in this place has just gone up so high, but it's not as high as it's going to go. And we need to boldly step into it every single time we're together. Come in here ready and ready to do whatever God's got. Go, go, go with whatever the move of the Holy Ghost is. Hear what the Word's got to say and boldly take it and put it into practice in our lives. Because that's the only thing that's going to get us to where we need to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am two minutes shy. Hallelujah. How about that? But let me, before I let you go, let me just say this. Um, tonight is, is, if I can do this without crying, tonight's the last night I stand in this pulpit in the, in the position that we've held for so many years. And I just want to thank you. Pastor made me take over Wednesday nights, and I went back and looked today at all the recordings from all the different years to see when this started. And I think I'm right in saying it was sometime late in 2016 when he told me that he had a book to write. And until, until such time as that book was finished, that I was in charge of Wednesday nights. And I said to him then, how long is this going to take? 
uh, just, a, just a few weeks, right? Just, just a few weeks, because I don't have that much in me. I don't, I don't. And he said, well, it's going to take whatever it takes. And that was 2016. And so here I am. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate. You guys have been with me on the journey. You know, you've put up with some good sermons and some not-so-good sermons. <laughs> you, have, you have been gracious when I have totally bombed, you know, but you've let me grow in what I, where I find myself today. And so I thank you for that. And so now you can go home. <laughs> Love you too. Good night. Get out of here. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.